0: We shall get into the Word of God. We've been in Colossians, and we are in chapter, chapter 3, are we not? And where chapter 3 started was uh, the motive of living the Christian life. You know, we, we had uh, some doctrine that was mentioned, and that it says, here's how you live it. it. It starts off with realizing who we are. Uh, what we've become in Christ, because it says in Colossians, first four verses, that we are to uh, realize that we're seated at the right hand of God. I mean, or Christ is, and we're to be seated there too, uh, realizing that we are in the heavens as we um, live our life here on earth. We still are citizens of there, so we're to set our mind on the things above and don't be consumed with what's happening. Here on earth, as it says in verse 2, it says, You died, you died from the old life, you became new, you have a new life, and it's hidden with Christ and God. So, you know, good positive motive there, isn't it? It's because of who we are and what we become in Christ. We died, we were raised with Christ, our lives are hidden, and so there's the motive. Would you say that's a positive motive? Very positive, isn't it? Here's where you're really at. What he does, starting at verse 5, then he starts getting what would be maybe the negative motives. As he mentions particular sensual, sexual sins in verse 5, he says it's because of these things in verse 6 that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience, that being unbelievers. So, you have the positive motive. Here's why you want to live a life that would be holy to God. It's because of where, who we are and where we are from now. You know, total change. And so, um, I think that is good. But also, if one would realize that God is going to judge the sins of mankind and His wrath will be unleashed Upon all those who were unbelievers, and so that would be a, a negative sense you know you can you 've heard the uh, Turner burn right uh, Paul <laughs> might be suggesting that uh pretty blunt, pretty harsh that it sounds, but realize God is always a God of balance, and so there 's fear that 's involved there, but at the same time he 's saying because of these positive things, that should be the reason why because of our relationship with Him. That's why we want to live a godly life. Uh, there's a guy by the name of John Owen, and he wrote a book called, uh, well, it's dealing with indwelling sin. It's about mortification of sin. Mortification of sin. Right. And he wrote several books of it. I think they were all one conjunction of it. There's been some books that have had particular chapters that have come out of that one and so but that was really it mortification of sin and he said suppose a man be a true believer and yet finds in himself a powerful indwelling sin is that possible yeah Mm -hmm. it leads him captive to the law of it it consumes his heart with trouble he's it perplexes his thoughts his soul has become weakened by it and his peace is disquieted, it defiles his conscience, and exposes him to even more hardening through the deceitfulness of sin. And then he says this, what shall that man do? What shall he take and insist on for the mortification of this sin? Lust, distemper, corruption. What is it? Well, that's what his book is about, sin and temptation. He was a Puritan. Um do you know who his audience was?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we would. <wish.
0: laughs> guess. Probably so. 15 year old boys. 15 year old boys. Uh, you know, they were uh, away from home at Oxford University, and he was <laughs> vice chancellor there. 15. Yeah,
1: they were smarter than
0: we John boys. Owen. <laughs> he wasn't much older, believe me, at the time. So Owen thought with the hormones coming out of their ears, that he would give them this truth. That's good stuff. But that book is a rather heavy book, if you've seen it or heard about it, or any Puritan books. They can be a little daunting, but when they're broken down, they're really not that bad. But these 15-year-old boys probably were better educated than what our high schoolers would be College. today. College. These guys were going really, right. you might as well say, Oxford. So, anyway, that was his audience. J.C. Ryle, who wrote in the 1800s a book called Holiness, a book about that thick, <laughs> he wrote this one sentence, he would make great strides in holiness, must first consider the greatness of sin. Not too profound, is it? But it's saying, how powerful is sin?
1: Well, that's the problem. We
0: have to consider. And today, most people don't want to talk about that, or especially particular sins that are found in our text where we're at. We're not picking and choosing verses as we go through the Bible and go through books, whatever comes up. We deal with it, don't we? So... There was Robert Murray McShane. I've used him often in this study here. By the way, great man of God, he died before he was 30. You see some of his works and you go, this guy acted like he must have been 80 or something. You know, he didn't make 30 years old. But there was a quote that he had, I have begun to realize that the seeds of every known sin still linger in my heart." That's a godly man. And he says, "...I have begun to realize that the seeds of every known sin lingers in my heart." Folks, we all are battling in a horrible war against sin. And it wants to kill us. And we have to kill it back. We have to mortify it, right? Consider the members of your earthly body as dead. Mortify. Mortification. Um, I think McShane was showing that once you get that idea that seeds of every known sin are there and want to attack you, kill you, and destroy you, once you realize that, when you know this, your eyes have been opened. They're not closed. Instead of being a friend, you realize it's an enemy. Yeah. Is what well, we finished verse 5 last week, and we wound up with that very last one called idolatry. Because idolatry is at the base of this, which idolatry really is self-worship. It's replacing what who in God is and what He wants for your life and replacing it with something else, right? And so from idolatry goes greed as we read it backwards in verse 5, then evil desire, then passion, and then impurity, and then the immorality. And so there it goes. Um, Calvin said this, man's mind... Is a perpetual factory of idols. That's what our minds are—a perpetual factory of idols, constantly.
2: It reminds me of uh, in the days of Noah when God said, "Their hearts are." He grew sorrowful that he had ever created man, because he says that their wickedness has no end. Like they're just that you leave them to do what they want to do, and they'll always do evil, and they'll. Do more of it and they'll find more ways <laughs> to, be to be more perverted <laughs> and full of, you know, all kinds of debaucheries.
0: Yeah, that, and, and that is so true. That's, you were saying our minds are
1: perpetual factories of.
0: Man's mind is a perpetual factory of, of idols. Our mind is idol make, uh, makes idols. Okay. That's always coming up against, you know, who God is. It takes God's place. We, would, we wouldn't think about that. We don't take sin seriously enough. And when we are woken up to it, we go, ooh, uh, this is real. This is a real war. We'd love to cover it up. That's our flesh, you know, that lets to do that. But um, we bow to the God of self. And so, idolatry is at the very root of all sin. Of course, idolatry, we think of the idols and... You know, little gods that they make, wooden, plastic, or what have you, metal. But we're talking about idols are what we live for to satisfy our own pleasures if it's not for God. That's what we do. We make ourselves like God. That's what we do when we think that way. We're making ourselves God of our own lives. That is not... Going to work well for a Christian, is it? So it's why Paul writes all of this as he tells us. First of all, here you are in the heavens; you live in the heavens. You know, you you belong to God, and keep seeking those things. Here's the positive. Then he gives the negative, verse five, especially verse six, which is where we're we're at here tonight, and. You'll notice as it goes into verse eight that it's we we saw the sins uh, uh in verse five. They were sexual sins. Well, in verse eight and nine, it has to do with speech sins. And do you know that sex and speech are the features of life that are the most out of control? We have out-of-control sex in this world today, don't we? But we have out-of-control speech. So if we don't battle one, we're battling the other. And it can get out of control.
2: They put the two together when they make music. <laughs> oh, I guess they do. It's a real, it's a real combination
0: there. So, yeah, that's right. Um, Augustine prayed this before he became stronger in the Lord. Give me chastity, but not yet. And God is saying, I want it now. (laughs) So, out of control. Things are out of control when we are living underneath Our idol worship. So let's look at verse 6. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now, don't you like that? (laughs) You also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. So, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for, again, your truth. Sometimes it hits us right where we are at. And there are specific sins mentioned because we have specific sins that we battle against. There are oh so many. But we see that the idea of idolatry, whatever sins that we do struggle against, is at the heart of it. And Lord, we want to cut that off. We want to choke those kind of sins so that we may honor you. We want to kill the sins that we would take it seriously that the enemy wants to destroy us while we want to be able to control our flesh that we live in so that would honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So the wrath of God, the, the wrath of God, yeah, that is God's judgment upon unbelievers where there will be final judgment. He will judge harshly. Um, in Romans 1 18 speaks about that. He uh the holiness of God is stirred up against the activity of, of sin. Against that sin it is. Um, the wrath of God will not come on believers It's only for an unbeliever. And that's why we don't want to associate with these particular sins that we read in verse 5, and then also in verse uh, 8 and 9. That's characteristic of lost people. Sin does not bring blessings, or uh, never does it, but it does bring wrath. So you look at Ephesians, just uh, a couple of books back, Ephesians 2, which in verse 1 it says we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. We were dead in them. Not alive. Not alive to God. And then we see verse 3, among we two all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the wrath. Wow, not children of God, but what? Children of wrath. So, uh, and we're not that anymore. We don't want to be that. Uh, C.H. Spurgeon, quoting a lot of the old guys here, they really preached on sin. You can't get a lot from uh, a lot of newer guys today. (laughs) We'll just look at the old guys, the old dead guys. Spurgeon said this, Has it not cost you enough already? He calls him burnt child. Will you play with fire? When you've already been between the jaws of the lion, will you step a second time into his den? Be free and let the remembrance of your ancient bondage forbid you to enter the net again. (laughs) A lot of pictures going on there, aren't there? Illustrations he uses. Like a child playing with fire. or The jaws of the lion. Um, Bondage to sin, the net that so easily captures us. Okay. So, the reason for killing sin uh, would be the wrath of God and the past sin of us who are believers. Wrath of God's coming on unbelievers, but as believers, we look back and we look at that sin and we go, ah, I'm glad I am not a part of that kind of life anymore. We can't
1: believe uh, how wicked.
0: You were. Yeah, it's amazing how lost we were, right? So that's kind of the idea as he moves on with this. He says, uh, verse 7, you once walked when you were living in them. So that's uh, part B under your number 2 there, the reason for killing sin. Number 1, wrath of God. Number 2, our past sins. Then we get into another list of Sins. These sins are committed directly against other people. This time, it's um, the other ones. People may know it, may not know it, but these are some sins that smolder underneath and then they come out. And it comes out of our mouth. Whatever is in the heart, it will come out in our speech
2: the verse that says be careful
0: what you say in your anger because what you say comes from the heart and you mm-hmm. can't take that back that's exactly right so he says but now you also in verse 8 now you also the ones who are raised up with Christ seated in the heavenlies he says now you also what does he say put them all aside that means uh, A lot of times in the early church, you know, when they they would have baptisms, they would take one set of clothes off and put on these baptismal clothes representing a new life. So, the old clothes are, like, dirty. They're set aside. They now have a new life. Then that's the idea of of that, of. some say that would be an illustration, or even when they were pagans, you know, they'd come in of a day and they would have, you know, they'd be dirty, they'd be out working, and so they would take that off. Put on a different robe, and so it goes. It's easy. That's the idea. Put off. By the way, it is one sense of do this now, put on those new clothes. And in another sense, it's already happened. Because we are new creations we have the robe of righteousness don't we we put that on but in another sense it's like here's our ongoing everyday lives like the priest would serve in the temple all day long go back and forth and there was that uh, cleansing labor that as they would go they would wash their feet with it wash their hands uh showing their actions and it had to be cleansed continually we 've been washed once from our sins, right, but yet, in our daily walk as we serve god we 're we 're contaminated in this world in this body, so that 's why he gives that illustration there it 's a picture. put them all aside now, what are they? It starts off with what anger
1: nobody has that.
0: Nobody has that problem in here. We'd never get angry. Check
1: mark. We got that
0: taken care of. Right. Nope. Yeah, that would be awful easy just to move on, wouldn't it? Okay, no problem with this.
1: We got that one. We know. Okay. There is a problem.
0: Every one of us yes. here have anger problems. Some of us show it, maybe a little bit more than others, but we all have it. It's there. Some hide it really good, but honestly, it is there. The word in the Greek is orge, which is a deep, smoldering, resentful kind of bitterness. It just smolders there. It's a growing inner anger. Um, it swells up, gets bigger and bigger. It's like a sap in a tree on a hot day. It swells the trunk and the branches until they're in danger of bursting. <laughs>
2: Exactly. On, and it's not boiling yet, but it's getting
0: there. <laughs> you can see it underneath. It's doing something. It's,
2: starting to get there, it's rattling. And that's exactly
0: <laughs> what that's talking about. Exactly. Um, by the way, that's the same word that's used in verse 6 for it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come. Or gay. And then it's the same word as I have here in my version, anger here in verse 8. It's wrath, yes. our own wrath. God has a wrath or an anger against sin. And there is a righteous anger, isn't there? Oh,
1: people
0: our, think that way too Yeah. yeah, right. they got it, yeah. So, so the wrath from verse 6 is the mm-hmm.
3: same as orge, anger, mm-hmm. in verse 8 but it's not the same as wrath thumos, in the next
0: section. It's right. Different. Okay. Yeah, um, anger is the, the orge, and then you have the wrath uh, uh, there, which almost is confusing, isn't it? Because it uses a wrath, which is a different word than we would be using in 6. You Got it. Because that could be confusing. It looks like it is, but the first word is anger or orge. Uh, Look at Ephesians uh, 4.31. Back a couple books again. Oh, by the way, in verse 26. 4.26 of Ephesians. Be angry, and yet do not sin. So there can be an anger, but it has to be an anger that would be a righteous anger where God would be offended. Okay, what would I say? Ephesians 4.31. Uh, 31. Let all bitterness, and that's associated with our word there, that anger, and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. That sounds like our Colossians passage, doesn't it? You know, put it away, uh, set aside these clothes. Anyway, that's kind of the idea. What does James say in James 1? How do we live this life? James says, Be ye a doer of the word, right? So in James 1, 19 and 20, says this, you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. By the way, James uses the same kind of thought. The next verse says, Therefore, putting aside, taking the old clothes off, all filthiness and wickedness. But there, James says in 19, slow to speak, slow to anger. Speaking angry words, right? Hold it for a moment. Wait. Think about what you're... Getting ready to say being ready to say Lord how you want me to handle this right? So that's the idea of anger that we see here in Colossians three. Verse is it? eight, right? Anger, wrath, there's our word wrath, it's a different wrath than the other angered type word, but it's associated with it. It's thumos. And it's mm-hmm. a sudden outburst. So what did we start with, Avell? What did you say it was like?
2: A, bo- a boiling. boiling pot. Like boiling a pot. pot. It
0: it's solid. not boiling. Right. But there's something smoldering underneath.
1: <laughs> it's, it's rattling. <laughs> and then
0: it boils.
1: Thumos is
0: That's thumos. A sudden outburst of anger. Uh, The Greeks thought of it as like a fire in straw. You know, it just just flare up, you know, real briefly. It's a boiling anger. It lies just below the surface, and then it erupts. That's wrath there. It's the anger boiling over. It's a quick response. Yeah, real quick. But it's been smoldering. (laughs) (laughs) Explodes. 5. What is it? Galatians 5. 20. Yeah, just before the fruit of the spirit, here is the opposite. The deeds of the flesh. Here is a natural man. Verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are, Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. That sounds like what we looked at in verse 5 last week, right? Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger. There's a word there that would be what? Thumos, right? Disputes, dissensions, factions. And then you just keep on going, list of sins there. Um uh, that would be anger, wrath. They just kind of work together there. Uh, keep going with that list. Malice. It's uh, being vicious. It's a vicious nature. Lightfoot, a commentator, says it's a vicious nature which is bent on doing harm. So the idea when you have anger and you have wrath that explodes, what's next? If you keep going with it, you are so bent to actually cause harm to somebody, or that it would happen to them. That's when evil is planned out, and uh, when when misery happens to somebody, they somebody else rejoices in it. You know, that's. Yeah, that'll get angry real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I
2: see it. like you know, I've grown up with kids. If I got hurt and somebody laughed at me, then comes the anger,
0: and then the rage, and then, you know, I'm going to hit you now because you laughed at my pain. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: it just follows sin, kind of, doesn't it? It's kind of snowball
0: effect. It's real practical. Has anybody ever been there? Yeah, yeah. remember this, right? Yeah. It would be a, a refusal to forgive and even cynicism, you know, taken in a light form manner, but it's you know, that's it's the kind of speech that we're talking about here. That has exploded and now somebody is wanting somebody to be hurt, if not worse. it's um, going back to that word uh wrath a while ago, somebody illustrated it as a, a rage. We think of it today as what? Road rage. <laughs> Is it all over the place now? Some semis. It scared to dickens out of me. It's like I'm getting away from these two guys before one of
4: them does something to the other one. It was an act of A rage. rage out in uh, St. Martin's area.
3: That's right. It that was just on the news.
4: I thought it was Monday or Sunday.
0: I thought I heard the news. What was it? Somebody shot
4: somebody. Yeah. Was yeah. that what that was about? Yeah.
0: So they actually, like, they they stopped, got out of the car, and did I wonder? No, They have
4: released a whole lot on
0: it. It was on
4: Tee, there at St. Mark's
0: in 50. Oh yeah, that's pretty close. Did it, uh, no, there wasn't a, the guy didn't die, right? He, he got shot, or? Did anybody get
4: hit? I mean, yeah, he got hit.
1: So it wasn't just a one-time, wasn't just a two-time, wasn't just a three-time. Somebody was meaning hmm. to destroy somebody.
0: That would be this thumos here. Just explosion. Uh, exasperation. Flying off the handle. You know, just just go crazy. <coughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, how about slander? The word there, after malice, slander would be, uh, in the Greek I've got it as blasphemia. Guess where we get the English word?
4: Blasphemy.
0: Blasphemy. Comes straight from that Greek word. And, of course, we've heard of blaspheming God. What, what, what's happening there? They're defaming the character of God. It's a hurtful speech. It's, uh, it happens quite often. Whenever uh, you see Jesus with uh, the religious elite, such as the Pharisees, and then of course at his at the time of his crucifixion and arrest, we know that that was going on. But they would also say, uh, whenever Jesus would talk about really kind of showing himself to be God, they would call that blasphemy. You know, He's defaming God's character by saying that he is God, in that sense.
3: It's a a matter of coincidence. You know, I was working on a petition today, and one of the counts is slander. It's it's not only speech that you know to be false that defames another's character, but another part of it is it it can be slander if you just don't care whether it's true or false and you want to pass it on, Mm -hmm. which is a little... Well, quite a bit easier to do if you're mm-hmm. intending to do it and you know you're lying, that's mm-hmm. one thing. But if you're, and I've done uh, it, I pass things along, mm-hmm. kind of thinking they're true, but more like could be well, something <gasps> to it, yeah. It could so be something, something to it, it. or you know, I want I to tell it. this,
1: and then you find out, yeah, it run, yeah, runs real close to that. But the real word is, like I said, they're saying it's. Um, like you said, there's said, slander is an intent. So like a so curse word. No, like the a curse. The something. It's just, it's like what if somebody told me? You know, I,
3: I was down in Lafayette and I, I, I saw a guy and he was I heard and I just know what was on at that law? house. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you spy on me? <laughs> right. <I'm just> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But, um, well,
3: yeah, you know. Whatever. Okay. But then, then I run off and I tell Carrie, you oh, know what well, I just heard yeah, about but, <laughs> you know?
1: isn't, but isn't it even more because that's gossip? That makes but sense. But to me, slander. it is slander. Is the intent to disfame a, like right. you really kind of have like, a grudge against, against right. a male? right. If I had a grudge, which
3: I don't. Know.
1: Yeah, I, I see, know. But that's <laughs> that's the, that's what they try to prove in court that you actually had another motive to why you spoke those things. Right. that wasn't just like you say no. gossip. Was that they're like oh, could be something bad. It's like, no, they have the intent is to destroy that person with any...
2: Like a reputation.
1: Right, right. And they, they have a person. Yeah. It's like almost they there's an personal thing that they don't like about you. That's why they're saying what they're saying. We're seeing it played out. Yeah. In Washington, D.C., right? Oh, yeah. Boy. It's,
2: not like it's yeah. my job a lot, actually. Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah, work is real good about doing that. To put mm-hmm. somebody down so they can get their position. Especially when
0: it comes to rumors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is used so much, isn't it? Certainly is, without any kind of evidence, without any kind of
3: verification.
0: Verification, just you know, he- he hearsay, or they just make it up, put it out because they don't like that particular man, particular party.
4: They say they have evidence, and then
1: it comes up nothing. Well, that's the, whole, that's the whole thing is to make something out of nothing is really what it is. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, that's truly because somebody just doesn't really no, like you. They just you. want to ruin somebody's yeah. reputation. They, the, whole, the whole idea is for them is to destroy your,
4: your, you. My man, Jane Pelosi said the other day, you'll be guilty until you're found innocent.
0: <laughs>
1: and boy, did she say it right?
0: She, she said that directly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, that's exactly how they boy, think did it. Boy, did anybody ever
0: catch it. that? I mean, just. That's pretty obvious, isn't it? They just
1: laugh. They, so they, they, they laugh about it. Because they think they, they're... Yeah. A, lot
4: of, a lot of the regular media never mentioned anything about it. Yeah. Hmm.
3: And see, that's what you've got to be careful of, is the news source. Even a news source, is that telling you the correct thing?
2: Well, Disney owns a lot of those. <laughs> so you already know what's coming out of that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, journalism is not journalism anymore. Is it's it? a
1: bunch of cartoons put together, is this what we're saying? We're
0: <laughs>
1: it's just
4: yeah, another I movie say, a Journalism is dead, It's a fantasy. Yeah.
0: yeah. They don't report what's going on, they just report what they think you want to hear. Or what they want you to hear. <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you are, right? If you're on their side, that's
3: yeah. And and you've got to be careful what you pass along on Facebook too. I've
1: learned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 the ones I I was, things along, like,
0: Boy, a lot of this can I be know. used right there, couldn't
1: yeah. it? Well, not even me. Like some of the times they pass along that child's been abducted. You know, they're like trying yeah. to pass it through. And then you look at the date. Well, that happened three years ago. Wow. <laughs> it was an update. You're like, kind of like going, did you notice the date that that was first posted? And you kind of yeah. go, little, you know, yeah. So we're like, oh, okay, yep. Yeah.
4: Facebook is. Uh, I quit posting stuff. I put something on there a while back, and Facebook come back and said our fact checkers found that this was false. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. Ten. It was on
1: the news and all this. How can it be
4: false? Did
2: you
1: send it back to them? No. That you your your facts tell you that they are that what they're sending is false? <laughs> did they
0: just take it off or what did they do? I
1: don't
4: well people post they, false stuff all the time. They blot it out and put that little thing up there. So, huh. And you gotta go in I think it's got a fact checker thing on it. Click on that and it comes up all this stuff. the stuff. Information. information that they have. Well, their
0: fact checkers are just normal people. They can be biased. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, who's the judges on this to call that? Uh, I guess if one would uh, come back with, okay, here's my source. She's not always going to be able to maybe get Every detail on it, but you know. We, yeah. So anyway, um, I guess could you say then that slander is a uh, malicious, that's the one. and you can take it as a malicious, malicious gossip. You know? It can true. even masquerade as something that is really m- not meant to look like it's a harm to anybody. I
2: feel like that's why it comes to number four in the list. You got anger, then rage, and then malice, and then you slandering somebody's name or their
0: title or their. Their very character. Yeah. Yeah. So, the next one then is what? Follows right up with it. Abusive speech from your mouth. Hey, what? Yeah, mine says filthy language. Filthy language. That's what I was wondering. What do you have? Uh, Is that what you have on yours? That's King James that you have there, isn't it? Mine says
2: filthy. Okay. All right.
0: And that's probably a little more accurate. Maybe.
3: Filthy communication out of your mouth. Say it again. Filthy communication out of your mouth.
0: Yeah. Obscene speech. And it's designed to hurt. Okay, along with that. So if slander goes unchecked, what's it going to proceed into? You know, they're going to call people names I, without facts. I have different <laughs>
1: definitions for what we have in ours, which is the mm-hmm. use of speech out of your mouth. I see I hear something totally different, though, when I hear when what they're sitting there saying is about a fil- filthy, like
2: filthy language.
1: language. Yeah. To me, that's one people just go blankety-blank-blank, blank, yeah. you know.
0: Well, I think that's really what the ultimate is here. Okay, it's a filthy, abuse, foul, obscene, a abusive speech. Abusive speech, you
1: know. abusive speech to me is when somebody personally goes at you right. to tell you everything they think mm-hmm. why you're so low on the earth.
0: It's derogatory. Right. It's intending to hurt. Right. So if you have this slander that's going, and then all of a sudden, you use this abusive speech right after it. Name-calling and... It just it, and it's it's foul language, filthy <laughs> It's being used with it. It kind of makes me think also when the
2: Apostle Peter, when Jesus was being you know he was with the guards and the crew, rooster hadn't crowed yet and they were like, Oh, you were with Jesus and you're like, not and I'm not and then on the third time it says that he even like started to curse, he changed his language to be like I've never seen this guy blankety-blank. Yeah, blankety
0: blank. <laughs> <laughs> to make it fit that yeah. he's not with him.
2: Because so, yeah. his speech gave it away. Like it's it's funny how when we we're Christians our speech does change.
0: That was an abuse of speech, wasn't it?
2: That's all I grew up with was like cursing and stuff. That was it. Like that every word we would slander each other. There was malice, there was anger, there was uh, <clears throat> there was more fits of rage on my end than it, than it was on you know, Rest of my siblings, but foul language there. One hundred percent. Constantly that's what was, people use in their SMI language today, right? Attack each other with our words and then when I quit using those foul languages and stuff, so, and then I see other people use them at each other, I see the the destruction by
0: mm-hmm. relationships. It? And
2: mm-hmm. it's like if you guys could just learn to communicate without cussing at each other or you might learn attacking <laughs> each other's character might make it somewhere in this relationship. And I'm no, I'm no expert on relationships. Would you say
0: this was kind of normal? Yeah. Does this happen a lot?
2: This happens a lot, a lot. You know, and, it, and it's... And when, <laughs> I try to tell them, if you would just change the words you choose to use and quit attacking each other with these, you know, negative curse words and stuff and just attacking each other's character, your relationship will get, a, you know, possibly a lot better. And then I'd be the one being yelled at. How about <laughs> <I'm
0: laughs> more reasoning? Yeah, like you're trying
2: to I'm help more them More reasoning? More reasoning, maybe? Yeah. yeah.
0: They wouldn't use reasoning? <laughs> they the
2: definitely didn't want to hear you yeah. say that because you tell somebody to quit cussing, and it seems like you're taking a part of them away. They seem to really cling yeah. on to that. But it is their power. They'll boast about it. Wow. I saw a post on Facebook from this girl. And, she's, and she was like, I cuss. And it's like, like when you meet me, that's what I'm going to do. And It's like, it's like and I'm not judging you for cussing. But, <laughs> I don't want to be around you. <laughs> it just makes me think, like, why do we hold on to those things? And, like, why are we always afraid to give those things up? It's like oh. with anger and rage and it's stuff. It's called power, Bill. You uh, lose your uh, power somebody not to they go oh why are you all religious uh yeah okay that's so righteous so that works for you, who are are you to judge me?
0: <laughs> oh sometimes you hear that language and it just it you know it, it it's almost like loud noise you can't even you can't stand <laughs> and that, it you know
1: there's nothing else they say you just sit there and there saying why did you have to use that word that's all i'm saying they're thinking i don't i don't hear anything else they say. i'm just like going
0: did you really have
1: to use Is that? that why, why did you choose that word to explain it? It's like, wow, that's sad. And that's where I'm at. Not a word they just said, they just said. I was like, oh, that okay. just kind of lost me. <laughs> like, oh,
4: okay. yeah. well, I won't kid nobody. I used to have a real potty mouth. That's right
0: You're probably not alone in here. Uh, Definitely
1: not alone. (laughs) But that's the very thing we're sitting there saying, it showed your anger and your wrath and your heart. All those words, all it is. And that's what they're trying to express to people is how outraged they are at whatever the little thing that happened. But they live on that height and sense of the They time. take
0: body functions and body parts to try to amplify whatever it is that they feel so mad about. But usually, it's not even being mad. It's just everyday language without even thinking about it. Right. It's just the way they talk Where is all that the
2: issue?
0: time. Where is that? So, it says in 9, Do not lie... Oh, by the way, an abuse of speech from your mouth. So everything there in verse 8 is dealing with speech, isn't it? We saw the sexual sins. We see the speech sins. Whatever it is, it's still coming from where? Idolatry. Idolatry. In the sense that we don't care what God says. We're going to use our tongue the way that we want to use it. We're going to use our bodies the way that we want to use it, the way that I want to use it. But he's saying you're new people. You know, they must have still had maybe a little bit of a problem there in Colossae of some of these things that were happening. And probably it's affecting the fellowship there, the church.
1: Well, don't you
2: think? <laughs> you're saying these things to each other? When, uh, when they came together... Were, was the church in Colossae like the church? Were all the churches the same in where they would sell their possessions and live together, or were some churches kind of like just where we are today, where they would just come together and gather?
0: And It'd be something like what what we do. You know, they have their own private lives now. They're in, but believe me, the church was in the early church, especially in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they the they yeah. you know, as much as they could. Some did sell their possessions and do that. Yes. They took it seriously, you know, because they knew that that is what somebody is really hurting there, and they need, Because they have some needs.
2: Because that's what I was wondering, because because uh, I can see it definitely if they, if this church was one of those ones that they lived together, sold their possessions, and lived in one accord, and that's why they were butting heads and you know, they're like, because you when you're so close to people all the time as believers, you know, that the sin is still in the heart, and so you know, you kind of invite that in,
0: when you live with somebody. Yeah, and, and you know what, you know, a fellowship, you know, you get to know each other, well. you get to know <laughs> all the great things.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's some
0: things there you go. You we'll
1: find a little annoying Not so while. great. And if you look
0: in verse 11, we're looking ahead here, we'll close this out here, but he says, okay, you know, this, I have knowledge of this. Remember, uh, there's a renewal. There's no distinction between Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. There's a oneness there that he is teaching them, not that they were all this way, but like in every church in an, or in every area, you're still going to have problems where Christians are at the throats of each other. And so they had these kind of particular sins that whether it be from uh, the sensual, whether it be from the, the anger, You could probably go on and on, but what he's saying is that you are a new people. You're new creations. We don't carry on like that anymore. And maybe it's a reminder too. But he started off this chapter with what? Keep seeking the things above where Christ is. What had happened is some of them were seeking the things of the earth. And when it happens, anger. Wrath because it's about self. Mm. It's about idolatry. See, these are selfishness. They don't care about the other person. So what are they angry at? Well they're angry at that person. You know why? Well they oh, offended
4: they offended me. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: Got offended or whatever, you know. And so therefore, they are living the life of an earthly person. And he says, Take that
1: off. Cast
0: Put on your new clothes. That's where he gets into when he starts talking about the character of the new man, verse 12. And so there, therefore, it's the opposite of what we've just been looking at at negative words, sinful words, hard words. I mean, who wants to talk about this stuff? But this is where we've all battled. We still battle with it.
1: Well, we hope Every one of us. Comes back up. And it's always a good reminder. You can't react you that way. not yeah. how you get to that.
0: So, when the, this this text comes up, it, it, it's pointing to who? Us. Ourselves. It's not all those bad people out there. Yes. It's pointing it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got to deal with my anger.
2: You find a new
0: way to yeah. respond. It's like worrying about the log in your own eye. Right. <laughs> exactly. That sums it up there. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your truth, your Word. May it come into our hearts and make us desire to be more and more like Christ. Because where He is at the right hand of God, and He's our source of being able to live the life that glorifies you. In your Son's name, amen. Amen.